Welcome to Eurovision Song Context. This is a podcast that tries to get to the bottom of what makes a Eurovision submission successful. I'm Bradley, and I'm joined today by friends of the show, Nigel and Susie. It's all about country music today. We'll talk about Waylon, Sister, The Common Linnets, Texas Lightning, Zdobzy Dub, Joan Franca, and Stefan. I always encourage you to go to the show page at eurovisionsongcontext.fireside.fm and watch the submissions before we talk about them. Welcome to friend of the show, Susie, and new friend of the show, Nigel. Hi, thank you for having me. It's uh, great to be here. Great to have you. All right, so today on the docket, we have got country songs chosen by fans. And I fully realized before I I planned this that um, I grew up in Colorado, so country is part of my life. Not like the barn dance style of country with a lot of instruments and people, but more the single man with guitar around campfire. And um, it was kind of a tacky thing to be associated with. Like, I think my mom definitely didn't want us in any way, shape, or form listening to country. Like, um, Nigel, what's your experience with country? I have a very, uh, I don't want to say complicated, but very convoluted history. Because growing up in my household, we didn't play any country at all. And then in school, I, country music was also kind of like the, like it's like a meme. Where it's like, oh, yeah. it's country music? Oh. What are you? That's that's kind of weird. But then, as I grew up and kind of matured myself, I was like, "Wait, this this sounds pretty good." <laughs> so I started listening to a lot more country music, like Johnny Cash. Um, I, I'm blanking on names, but a lot of, like old country. And I want to see getting more it's like folk music and that kind of stuff. It's like it's so good. But I always like hesitate to tell people. <laughs> You play folk now, is that right? Yes, I've been uh, playing guitar for about five-ish years, and wow. I've only I've only recently been playing more folk songs, but it's definitely something I want to get more into. Um, folk for me is like I don't know Peter Paul and Mary or something like that. Like let's just say you know to generalize grossly, uh, hippie music from the '60s. Or what does folk mean to you? Does folk mean like folk country, like the Carters, or does folk mean you know that '60s kind of a sound, early '60s kind of a sound? It's very weird because it's like for me, folk is like something that you hear and you just know immediately. Like um, I guess the best way I put I consider folk is like acoustics and very low if any piano and string and just like that very yeah. homey kind of voice of like low singing and that kind of stuff you know yeah yeah and um and Susie how about you what was your introduction to country well being from England country was not something that was a big thing for me growing up um and then once I moved over to the States when I was 17, it was, I lived in Kansas for a year um, and I wasn't exactly exposed to it very much. And then when I moved down to Louisiana, it was everywhere, but it was very much um, 
you know, my my dog, my truck, my wife all left me and I'm crying into my beer, you know, and I just, uh, it was not for me. Um, so that was sort of mid, <laughs> mid-90s. I was like, yeah, no, we can leave this one where it, where it lives. But the, you know, there was occasionally there would be something come up that would cross over into mainstream that I wouldn't mind. But to be absolutely honest with you, my... I'm sorry, I do have to pause you because I feel that's the exact way a lot of Eurovision fans feel about Eurovision. Like, I'm not going to watch yeah, Eurovision. Yeah. No, sorry, not fans. Sorry, casual observers. Eurovision yes. casual observers are like, yeah, I'll watch it once a year and occasionally something crosses over. Like, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, it's Katrina and the Waves. Oh, it's Gina G. Okay, yeah, I do know that one. Yeah. It wasn't until I got back into Eurovision again by just randomly listening because it came on BBC one Saturday while I was working, randomly listening to Eurovision in 2018. And I heard this country song come on and I'm like, well, if this isn't the most country thing I've ever heard in my entire life, I don't know what is, but I'm kind of here for it. Uh. And Waylon just got me absolutely hooked. And I listened to the rest of his album literally the next day and fell in love with the rest of the songs that he had on there. Had no idea what the guy looked like because, of course, I'd listened to it and it wasn't available immediately online to watch. I went down the rabbit hole of his music, absolutely fell in love with him and had no idea what he looked like for about six months. Once I found out what he looked like, I was like, well, good goddamn. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Yes, thank you very much. We'll have some more of this. Um, I mean, that was a nice surprise. What can I say? I mean, the man can sing me the phone book for starters. And I mean, he's easy on the eyes too. So, I mean, it was just a bonus. So, yeah, I started listening to him. And the interesting thing with him is that he had an album out called Seeds, which was, <laughs> to me, it was kind of like his way of saying, Look at me. I don't just do country. I can do everything. Because, oh, he can do everything. He oh, can he do can do everything. everything. Yeah. I mean, there is a there is a reggae song on there. There is a disco song on there. Oh, we there will get to Waylon. song on there. Susie, I mean, we're going to get to Waylon. Oh, uh, I fell down. Thank no, I fell down <laughs> okay. a Waylon hole this morning that that, okay. that, that might that is very deep. I'm I'm almost the world authority on Waylon at this point, as you can tell. Anyway, so, um, yeah, so I went down the the Waylon hole and that just kind of started opening things up. And I listen to whatever the nine o'clock show is on Radio 2 every day. So Monday, it's blues. Tuesday, it's jazz. Wednesday, it's folk. Thursday, it's country. BBC Radio 2 for the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. So... And Wednesday and Thursday are my go-tos. I listen to to Mark Radcliffe's folk show religiously. And then I catch the country show occasionally. But I started finding as well on Joe Wiley's show that she would throw in the occasional country act too. And so I started finding that I was listening to more and more folk and country music. And I was kind of kicking myself in the backside for it because I was like, I hate country. I'll never like country. Country's awful. There, you know, and now I've got like a, a playlist on my phone that's called That Cowboy Life, you know, and it's it's all songs that are from those shows. And then I started watching Yellowstone and then it just exploded <laughs> because there's so many good crossover songs on there. And I just went two weeks ago to go see Pink in concert. And opening for Pink was Brandy Carlisle. Mm. And if you don't know Brandy Carlisle, you need Brandy Carlisle in your life. 
because the woman is incredible. She is probably the best crossover artist that you will ever hear in your life. She's incredible. She has a rock country folk sound like nobody else. And the woman is amazing. She's just incredible. See, I think I'm a little still stuck. I feel like this is the this has a little bit of um, ghosts of Christmas past, Christmas present and Christmas future, because, you know, you do the Euro Riffs podcast, which right. is future looking like, you know, you deal with what artists are doing now and in the future. And I'm right, constantly right. looking at old acts. And um, um, <laughs> Nigel just discovered Eurovision very recently. Yeah. Mostly because I. Yeah. Oh, um, what welcome are your to the madness. <laughs> What are your thoughts on Eurovision, Nigel? Oh, it's it's I love it because I always like try to find that that new sound, and with like a lot of interest in Eurovision, it's like stuff I would never hear, but never hear because most of it's like in that different language or different continent gets Eurovision. But um, yeah, it's just very very nice, refreshing, refreshing breath of air. I, I like it a lot. While I love the country music of my childhood, I think I do. There was a country heyday right around the, in the 90s with Nico Case and Emmylou Harris that had a real strong uh, folk kind of a quality to it that I think I re-fell in love with um, that didn't sound as quite as like Grand old Opry. But I was wondering what both of you think the components to a um a strong country song are so susie maybe you can go first and i should you know spoiler alert i've run this through chat gpt who tells me that there's 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 11 there's 11 components oh really (laughs) so (laughs) apart from the dog the truck and the girlfriend um no (laughs) that's bad country music you say this but another spoiler alert um you know what they say when you play a country song backwards what do you get when you play a country song backwards? Yeah. Sober. Um, <laughs> do you know the? You must know this joke, Nigel. Um, a country song backwards. I'm the only one that knows this joke. It's like an I, old yeah, joke. I haven't heard this one before. Do tell. You get your truck back, your girlfriend back, your, girlfriend your job back, back, and your dog. <laughs> <laughs> but strangely enough, um, in none of these Eurovision songs do you lose anything. So Eurovision country, I've, I've discovered, is very happy. It's filled with hope, and, and there's no loss, really, in, in many of these. There's not really any loss in any of these songs. But um, anyway, Susie, yeah, go ahead. Components to a good country song. And you can include folk, because why not? I think for me, the ones that I... The ones that I gravitate to, especially in sort of female country and female folk, are the the ones that are empowering, but they're empowered because of the historical elements in it. They all tend to have a a, a strong link to the past, link to you know their forebearers, if you will. But it it leads to these very strong female characters. Uh, Nigel, how about you? Um, I'm gonna go more to the folk uh, aspect because that's where my expertise is. Sure. And to me, like, what good makes a strong folk song is um, holding into your uh, heritage. Like a lot of folk songs, they have like those unique instruments that are from where they're from, and just mm. that kind of very real sense of uh, it's like realness of like the the lyrics are real. There's no there's no fluff. Yeah, okay. Okay. I I think they really have to delve more into painting the landscape as well. They all have to really invoke 
a a picture of where they are. It's not just, you know, you in the club, you know, <laughs> I mean, you, ha- yeah. you have to really get that feeling of, you know, are you by a babbling brook or are you in a field with a bunch of horses or, you know, where, where are you? You know, they, they're very, very, vis- it's a very visual medium of music. Yeah, I completely agree. There's also that idea sometimes of, of, a, of a full story, right? Like a beginning, a middle, and an end, which you maybe get in folk music, but not in a lot of. Right, they're all they're all journeys as as a rule. Yeah, like every lyric has a purpose. That's like that's the thing oh. that mainly gravitates me for folk music. Every folk song that I, at least I listen to, I can listen to it and I have a whole story playing in my head, and it's like the best thing ever. <laughs> There's a lot of folk in Eurovision. Uh, I mean, you know, it's not American folk, but it's, uh, yeah. And there's a lot of very odd instruments as well, which, uh, you know, if you become a fan or a super fan in future, you, I'm sure you will love. I'm always here for an odd instrument. I love it. <laughs> I love me it too, when there's just something too. bizarre on stage. So. Mandolin, pan flute, anything mm-hmm. that's related to a, to an animal, any, you know, rawhide bone related. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. Have we had a didgeridoo yet? Did I miss a didgeridoo somewhere? I blame that on the Australians. Oh, I, so they do, do I, participate but, in Eurovision, but and, I'm here for uh, it. They need to show up with that, really. All right. So before we start the actual talking about entries, the Chat GPT eleven are strong melody, acoustic instruments, vocal twang, relatable themes, emotional depth, hooks and choruses narrative structure, simplicity, live performance potential, cultural regional references, and authenticity. The songs that ChatGPT tells us were not Eurovision country songs, but would rank highly on this, so they could be re-recorded as country songs, and I won't read all of them. However, number one, Rasmussen with Higher Ground, 2018, Johnny Logan, Hold Me Now, 1987, Imar Quinn, the voice? You'll know this one. I don't think I... She's She was massively popular. She's a little bit before my memory. Mad Zemmerlo Heroes in a country <laughs> version. Can you imagine? It's been done in every other genre, so I don't see why it wouldn't be thrown into country. Demi Im, Sound of Silence. Hour of the Wolf, 2015. Ryan O'Shaughnessy together, 2018. Why do I not remember that? Another Mad Zemmerlo hit, MZW. And... Kaino, Kate Kaino, Spirit in the Kaino. Sky. I loved that song. Yeah, that's got folk vibes to it. I could actually, I've heard an acoustic version of that, and I can completely see that going in sort of a country folk direction. That wouldn't mm. be a, that would not be a stretch. Oh. Actual country hits that, that, that tick all these boxes, uh, just for American listeners. Amarillo by Morning by George Strait. He Stopped Loving Her Today by George Jones. That's a classic. Jolene comes in at number three. Ring of Fire comes in at number four. Crazy comes in at number five. The Dance by Garth Brooks at number six. I Will Always Love You, the Whitney Houston version as written by Dolly Parton. Whiskey Lullaby by Brad Paisley. And let me go through any of these others. Coal Miner's Daughter comes in at number 12. So you get the Oh Boy Named Sue at number 14. And your Cheatin' Heart at number 15. This is the space we are in. So they've gone really old school. They're, they're not really much modern country or crossover in there. Yeah, I feel I mean, like... Really, the only crossover in there is the Whitney Houston ones. Mm. Yeah, it feels like uh, as a chat GPT, I have the same opinion as uh, a lot of mainstream stuff. Like, 
old country is better. We can't do this modern pop country. Do you think that's because, uh, Nigel, that... So it's like a little bit what Susie was saying earlier, like I'm in the club. Um, I can't believe I just said that. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it was a beautiful like, moment. It was great. I'm also, I'm also not... I'm, I'm planning on not editing this. I'm just going to drop the raw version. So that's... Yeah, I'm just going to leave it there and uh, step backwards out of the room. Um, yeah, you just need I, a glow like, stick. Homer, it's fine. <laughs> Homer Simpson right into the hedge. Into um, the <laughs> however, um, you know, I think that might be the problem with a lot of country. I mean, I don't, you know, my family and I went to the 4th of July and a lot of it was country and it's like songs, you know, we, we live in uh, South Carolina, you live in Louisiana, Susie. So I think you're going to be surrounded by these kinds of things, you know, country anyway, country folk. And Zydeco down here. Oh, I'd love some Zydeco. I'd love I'm some actually, jazz I'm actually as well. going to a festival this weekend that is uh, a festival, Louisiana or Acadian, something like that. Um, but it's essentially a Zydeco and folk festival. And that's actually where I'm going this weekend. So, yeah. Nice. But, like, I feel like a lot of the country songs that you hear now are just, like, lists. So, you know, in pop music, it might just be a list of luxury items and luxury behaviors and a lot of the songs that we heard are just like a list of uh, murica style products and uh, behaviors yeah. Yeah. without yeah. like, um, there's like no there there. Oh, I don't know. Your, your Gucci and your Fendi and your what have you are creeping over into some crossover country. Thank you, little Nas All right. You know I was going to go down Old Town Road at some point. All right. Oh. Thank you. I think the weirdest <laughs> song I've heard that was country. He was talking about Mercedes Benz and like going out of the club and meeting girls. I'm like, this is not the country that I, I used to know. It's so weird. Yeah. Did you actually hear um, the, oh my Lord, I have to look it up now. The, uh, the, the country slash rap song that was in the American Song Contest. No, I did, you know I didn't watch the American Song Contest. And this is the moment where I have to tell Nigel that uh, Eurovision is so popular that they tried to replicate it. I did you watch American Song Contest? I did not. All right. Well, it was um, based on Eurovision and was bound to be a failure because 50 states rather than whatever, 37, and just uh, kind of like less less musical variety, probably. Yeah, I would, I would, I would assume so. Um, it was glorious. Did your cat start meowing? <laughs> My cat is meowing. Like, it's yes. the country to. It's the country to. To you know, it's the crossover. It was when you said Gucci and Fendi. It just started like <laughs> like a coyote just howling at the moon. I yeah, think your cat's yeah. expressing an opinion. He he's become extremely needy since my other cat passed away about a month ago. So now he's he's singing his own country blues uh, consistently. No. So yeah, I apologize. <laughs> Uh, new new boot goofin was the name of the song from American Song Contest. New boot uh, by Boucher. Ryan Charles. And from what it state? Was, Representing um, the great state of what? The great state of I will tell you in about two seconds. I'm guessing uh, Wyoming. Please be Wyoming. You're thinking it's you're thinking it's an actual western state. I don't think it's going to be. It a, I'm, I'm going to go from Delaware. I'm trying to remember. I should remember this because I interviewed half of the people that were on that show. Bless you. Oh, good Lord. Why is it taking me to Reno 911? <laughs> this is terrible. I don't All right, I'm going to start that. talking about Waylon while yes, you do this. So do. our first, uh, our first, the first song that we're going to talk about is Waylon, uh, Eurovision 2018 from the Netherlands, 
outlaw in um did you I'm, I'm gonna ask Nigel first because I think I know what Susie's gonna say Nigel uh, how did you feel about this song so it's, it's kind of funny because as soon as I in the first 30 seconds of hearing the song I mean picked up my pencil went to my notes and I'm gonna read it exactly where I put I put guns beers and looking at the sun with the boys that was my first thought when I heard that song and I I'm actually in love with it it's such a good song I also love this song. Uh, my the first the first line in my notes says "Save a horse, ride a cowboy." Yep, <laughs> which is the song it reminds me most of. And my second line is "Singing gives me John Bon Jovi vibes." Yes, I very much liked the staging of this. Um, this is the only song that we don't all have a single version of. I just said go look it up. But um, the staging on the night, he had kind of I think it was like a textured maybe fake kind of furry pony jacket in a in like a leopard print um kind of maybe with a zz top kind of a hat it was it was very outrageous jerry lee lewis flamboyant it was very flamboyant and very swaggery it was very swaggery it was it was swagger to meet the the, the best swagger susie how do you feel about this song well as i said this was the one that got me hooked this was just, I was like, this is, a, if there was a, ever a country song to be in Eurovision, this is the most country that country could get. I just absolutely fell in love with him. But then once I actually listened to the rest of the um, the album, I was like, this might be the worst song on it because everything else on that album is absolutely amazing. Really? And it, was, it wasn't until actually probably even a couple of years ago that I realized or I found out that they actually, the selection process for that song was him playing six different songs in the Netherlands over the course of like a week or two on some late night show. They got to choose between the six songs and they chose Outlaw in them. They could have chosen That's How She Goes. They could have chosen Highway of Heartache. They could have chosen any one of the other songs. And Every single one of those songs is a thousand times better than Outlaw Inham. And Outlaw Inham is a great song, but any one of those other songs is exponentially better than Outlaw Inham. I just was blown away by the rest of the album. Pro tip, if you just have your favorite video sharing service and you put in Waylon, comma, late, comma, Netherlands, comma, late night, and then just press enter, it is a dearth Yes. Of content. Uh, I, I spent this morning, I'm possibly going to start giggling and never stop. So if that happens, just <laughs> save me from myself. Singing Foreigners, I Want to Know What Love Is. Oh, but I love like, that song. I think that song is probably the cheesiest song ever written. And I forgot that there's like a very kind of like a spoken word bit at the beginning. And he sells it, man, into a, oh, into yeah. like a wine glass. He's not even officially singing. It's just like some people at a dinner table that ask him to sing. And he just goes right into it. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, the man and, can sing anything. I mean, yeah. he's also, just incredible. Um, with an orchestra, it's a man's oh, world. Yes. James Brown's, it's a, oh, like Susie's about oh, to die. Oh, my God. I had a cover of that song. Yeah. I, I needed to go take a shower after that video. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That was amazing. Do, have you seen the video of, um, there's, I don't remember the guy's name, but he's a, a, a dancer. And he was asked to do a, like a review of Michael Jackson music and to do, you know, big, huge dance numbers to it in a, a theatrical 
setting. But he got Waylon to actually sing. Instead of them just using Michael Jackson music, they got Waylon to sing Michael Jackson songs. That's the one link I didn't click. Oh but you can, my you God. can be assured that I will be <laughs> Go back down there. that rabbit hole. I'm telling you, end up in Wonderland. It is amazing. Like, and, I, right. and here's the thing. I, if I'm a, the biggest fan of anyone in the world, it's Michael Jackson. There's not a lot I don't know about Michael Jackson. Uh, yeah, and yeah. as a rule, you don't touch Michael Jackson's music. <laughs> you don't cover it. You don't touch it. You don't go there. Alien Ant Farm with Smooth Criminal is about the only exception to that. And that's a decent cover just because it's completely mad. But as a rule, you do not cover Michael Jackson. So unless your name is Waylon and you are allowed to because the man was incredible. Yeah, I also have like a very strong opinion about Michael Jackson. He was like growing up, he was he was the, he was the man. You could not beat Michael Jackson. Yep. And after this, I ha- I definitely had to look into that because you're saying he he's on like on on the level of Michael Jackson or just like he he's a, he's good enough. Oh, you have to have an incredible level of vocal skill to pull off Michael Jackson. And he has I it. felt that way when I watched him cover James Brown. I was like, you're not going to be able to out, right. ja- out James Brown, out James, James Brown. Brown. Yeah. But, but he can. Yeah, he All has right. that level. So, yes, as far as as far as watching that, you're welcome. Go watch it. <laughs> it's, right. it's amazing. Like, he's so good. I'm definitely going to take uh, you up on that job- offer. Yeah, I was going to ask, do you have any... I'm about to read out facts about this song before we close it out, but do you have any other thoughts, Nigel? Listening to it, like, I've kind of had to remind myself, oh, wait, he's from the Netherlands. Because it's very, mm. it's very, like, that, that, like, classic, what do you think about American country? Like, if I never looked at it, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a cold-blooded American right there. <laughs> then I look at it, it's like, oh, yeah, he's from the Netherlands. Like, wow, this is... I don't want to say it's more impressive, but it's still like, wow, that's really good. I, if I could just say one more thing, I use Waylon as a gateway drug to Eurovision for Americans sometimes, because if I know they like country, I won't play them <laughs> Outlaw in them. Yeah. I will play them Outlaw Shoes, which is from a different album, and I will play him a couple of other songs of his. And for starters, they won't believe that he's from the Netherlands when they hear his accent when he sings. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, this is this is a guy who's been in Eurovision multiple times. You need to come come in, jump over into Eurovision. Yeah, something that really occurred to me is how clear his pronunciation is. Mm-hmm. It's not just that it's accentless. It's that um, it's both, um, it both expresses meaning um, but like every word and pause is clear as a bell and it's just, it's just very, very clean. It's yeah. very clean. And he can, he can go from sounding like old school country to rock country so easily. And it's, it's on like the same album. Even in that you know, you'll, ha- you'll have something that sounds, you know, very sort of Hank Williams Jr. or Hank Williams to something that sounds how Hank Williams Jr. They're two very different sounds. But he pulls them both off. I listened to him cover uh, That's All Right Mama this morning oh. while I was down this rabbit hole. And I was like, don't yes. do Elvis. And then it was yes. all right. It was okay. Well, he, he covered Elvis for, what was it? It wasn't The Voice because it was before The Voice. Whichever talent show it was that he first broke through on, he covered Elvis. Huh. Well, I don't know how I forgot about Waylon because this is definitely within my Eurovision 
experience. And I, when I saw it originally, I do remember telling my husband, oh my gosh, there's a Dutch dude named Waylon. He has got to be named after Waylon Jennings. There's no other way around it. And he is. I mean, he's clearly taken right. a, yeah, a stage did. name. Yeah. Waylon started his career in 1995 singing the television program Telekids, where he sang the chorus of the song Harry Stallion. Since childhood, he was inspired by country music, and he played drums with the band West Virginian Railroad. He was signed in 1997 by EMI and went to Nashville, but the, Na but the album that he went to record was never completed. In 2001, he lived and worked for a year in the United States and performed with his idol, Waylon Jennings. But yeah. Jennings died in 2002. Yeah, he toured with him. Um, Waylon returned to the Netherlands. Um, and um, yeah, we'll see another song that Waylon is in momentarily. So this song. This is my frequently played list. Those first Aww. two albums there, Human. And Getting oh to know goodness. you. Yeah. I like Ultimate Eurovision. That could have anything. Right, on it. right. And, and the problem is that's sixth or seventh on my playlist. The world, uh, the only... world can wait. And Human are both Waylon albums. I listen to one of those every night when I go to bed. I am in the top zero zero one percent of Waylon listeners every year. I, Thank you, I Spotify. Bet they, they, you should see all those Dutch women in the crowd. They all look smitten. I'm sure everyone in the crowd was smitten. There was like some, yeah, Waylon's got, I don't know. Anyway, I actually do not have down here where this song came in, in, in the finals, but I will find it eventually. Okay, next song, Sister. Uh, do you, I'm going to go ahead It's good, and try my Icelandic. Medhakendi Sol. Don't make me say it again. Eurovision 2022. How did you feel about this, Nigel? Because this is the closest I think we're going to get to folk. I did like it a lot. It was very... I put in my notes. It has like a... It's like the thing where I was saying where it's very cinematic. Like the entire song, I can envision. It has like the, the vibe like, you know, like in like a coming of age movie where the main character just has something heavy just go on them. And now they're kind of rethinking it. And like, this is like the perfect song for that kind of scene. That just very, things are going to be okay. They suck right now, but they're going to be okay. That's You get, you get your, it's going to be okay vibes from this song. Yes. Like, I don't, I don't know any Icelandic, but based off their tone, it's very chorusal. It's so, I wasn't tear, I didn't start to tear up, but it's like, oh, this is, I felt this. I don't know what they're saying, but I feel this and I feel a lot better. Had that oh. Western old country kind of vibe, like yeah. like Western movie, like old country. I, I liked it a lot. Very it is like one of the one of the songs around here that I would definitely listen to again in my own time. Yes. Uh Susie feelings on this song? So Nigel, can I ask you something? Um did you listen to this song or did you did you pay more attention to or any attention to the actual like video footage of it or you were just really just kind of sucking the song itself? In? So I this is actually one of the few songs I listened to twice. The first time I was I just listened to it and the second time I was I was mostly listening to it again, but even now I would glance at the video. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was I I still feel the same felt the same both times. Yeah. Yeah, this this is a song that has to be listened to to be digested properly. Um, if you are just listening to it, it's 
very ethereal. It takes you to a different place. You have to be in the right headspace and mindset for it. I don't think Eurovision was the place for it. It's very, very pretty. It's the the their voices are fantastic. I mean, they were compared to Haim over and over again during the season. Um, and justifiably so because they they're very, very similar. I got first aid kit vibes. I got from first aid them. kit vibes as well. Um, and my bubba, first aid kit vibes. Yeah. First aid yeah. kit and my bubba, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is great. And the the girls themselves are really, really sweet. They were one of the one of the acts that I actually met that year. Um, and they're, they're fantastic. They're incredible. But the song gets lost when you're, if you're just a casual Eurovision viewer and you're just watching the semifinals or you're just watching the final, most people are paying attention to the look, the staging. They're not necessarily just paying attention to the song. And I think if you're not a dedicated Eurovision listener, that's why it got lost in the fray. Yeah, it's because I like I just my first time doing anything Eurovision, so I don't really know how all the songs kind of played out against each other. Right, right. But yeah. uh, I mean, it's it was definitely not one of my favorite songs of that year by uh, a long shot. But it's one that if it still comes, I mean, it's on my ultimate Eurovision playlist. When it comes on, <laughs> I'll still listen to it. But You're I have just to be dragging in the right... a song that's oh, on your yeah. ultimate playlist. <laughs> but. But I have to, but I have to be in the right mindset for it. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. I mean, if I'm if I've got that playing through or whatever, and I'm sitting in the carpool line or whatever, I might sit back and chill, uh, you know, and listen to it. But if I'm on a road trip or whatever, and I'm trying to stay awake, then I'm skipping over it. Oh yeah. Um, Nigel, what has this kind of sound that you like? What other bands? So what other like American groups or what what other? What does this bring to mind if if listeners wanted to find more music? Oh, that's a good question. So. The closest American um, band I can think of is uh, this one band called, I think it's called, they're called Days and Days. It's like D-A-Z-E and then D-A-Y-S. It might be the other mm. way around, but that's like. I think I know all, who you mean. Oh, okay. Yeah. But um, yeah. not all their songs are like this, but they have a couple of like those like more like flow kind of somber where it's like. The same like crowd of fans, like okay, things are kind of sucky right now, but they're gonna be okay. And kind of like what you were saying earlier, Susie, like, you have to be in the right mindset because even though it's, I think it can be like, a happy song. If I'm happy and I listen to that song, I'm probably gonna be sad. Right. So yeah, it's like that. Uh, I I I just like it. I don't know. Yeah, it's days and days. It's D A Y S and D A Z E. So yeah. They couldn't have made it any harder for themselves for people wanting to do a <laughs> right. search query, right? Like, Nigel, would you change anything about the instrumentation here or the, or the song at all? Would you, is there anything that you would change? When you isolate the song, where it's not a, a Eurovision song, I would honestly say it's about a, a pretty close to a perfect song. I put in my notes that it's, what a, it's definitely my top three of the songs that we uh, listen to. Mm. But... Kind of what you were saying earlier of compared to all the other songs in Eurovision that at least I've heard, I definitely can see why it's kind of like glanced over because it's not that, um, it's not like that upbeat kind of, yeah, I want to listen to this all the time. It's more like that, yeah, I'll listen to it every now and then. That brings me to a question though, uh, Susie, 
well, I've got two questions. The first one, I'll give you the first one first, which is, do you think any country song is going to be, I think it's, I think a Eurovision song is going to be punished if it's a country song. And I think it's going to be double punished because if it gets put in the middle, it's going to be forgotten. Question mark? Yes? No? Um, Maybe it's down to the staging as well, because you're going to have a lot of dark colours. Like, you're going to... You're gonna... I don't... I don't think... I think if a country song is done the right way, then it could absolutely win Eurovision. You think a country song could win Eurovision? I think, but it would have to be something that is more of a crossover country song. Okay. I mean, if you did something in the way that... I'm trying to think of examples. Um, oh, my Heroes. brain just completely Heroes, blanked. Man Semerlo. Hmm, let's not get on Mans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with Mans. He's made some very, very questionable decisions in the last year or so. Although he did just come out with one song that was actually really, really good. I liked it and then everyone else hated it. So I, I, I Mans, I don't know what you're doing. But um, I think if if it's done like a lot of the the big stadium style presentations that a lot of the crossover country artists are doing... And if they take that on, so it's almost like a monoskin type performance. Hmm. I, because when you really get a good country artist who can really handle a, a good crossover, almost rock type country song, and they get on stage and that energy just infects the crowd, there's nothing like it. It's incredible. I'm trying. I mean, you're literally, you're giving me images of like the front row of the Eurovision, you know, the standing room only yeah. crowd, like doing yeah. a boot scoot and boogie or something. Just like, you know, line <laughs> oh, dancing left, line dancing right. Line dancing. No, not even. I mean, I'm talking, I'm talking something that's like a, a big, imagine something along the lines of um, Carrie Shania Underwood. Twain. Shania Twain or um, Carrie Underwood. Okay. You know, I mean, when they really have the the crowd going and they have an energetic song the crowds in the palm of their hands the songs are amazing the staging looks fantastic and i it literally remind you you could have a, a performance that would rival something like monoskin i mean monoskin's performance looked like a stadium performance it looked like a concert performance they had that kind of energy you were in turin yes I was too. I did not manage to see this song. I the, my notes are mossy forest colors, Jodhpur's velvet leather hat, comma vest, very retro. Uh, the camera angles and the Vaseline covered lens. There's like kind of like an ABBA nineteen seventies thing, like just in the in the what the audience you know what the television audience saw in mm -hmm. the day where they're kind of singing towards each other and kind of a and, and then there's like. I don't know how they got their drummer to just be in black and white while they were in color, but very washed out. Like, do you think they could have, number one, did you see them Number live? Number two, do you think they could have done anything in the staging to improve their final result of 23rd place? Which, what are you talking about? Why am I drawing? Like the stage performance. For a sister? For a sister? sister? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um... <sighs> I don't think it was the staging because the staging was very clever. The offset stance of it looked really good and the way that it, it translated onto the screen was very cool. It was all the song it was the song. If they'd okay. have had if they've had like an upbeat crossover song, then it, yeah, I mean it would have been a, a completely different situation. 
It was the song. It was putting people to sleep. I agree. Because the staging was perfect for that song. Yeah. But it's like, I I don't think that many people would want to see that alone, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah, there's, I mean, the staging was clever, but it, it and it worked for that song, but it didn't do a lot for anyone in the in the auditorium at all. But all right. it did translate well onto the screen, but for a song that's that that quiet, yeah. it was quiet. It got lost in the pack. It was a whisper when everything else was shouting. I have to ask this. Uh, sorry, Nigel, for referring to a song that you will not remember. I, I did put sleepy and powerful, if that's possible, to be both sleepy and powerful. But um, Susie, isn't that not the case with um, Portugal a few years Maro? back? The, the ones that... Maro. Yeah, Maro. No, Maro's, Maro's was in, a lot more engaging than Sister. Okay, moving on. The Common Lynette's Calm After the Storm, The Netherlands, 2014. With Waylon. I know about <laughs> Waylon. <laughs> okay, uh, Nigel. Uh, what did you think about Waylon? Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, wasn't, it, it was definitely more of that modern country kind of thing. That's like the vibe I got. Hmm. It was kind of, when, when it comes to like modern country, I know I just, I know earlier I said that we shouldn't be like oh modern country is bad. But like in this case, I just wasn't much of a fan. I found that was very forgettable. Like a it's like a a song you see at the end credits. So it's like oh that was a good movie and this is an okay song, and then they all just forget about it a couple minutes later. That's fascinating. That's also the thing you least want in a Eurovision song, right? I think that's the worst insult you could hurl at a Eurovision song. Oh, because... my bad. <laughs> no, no, because it's... Because, because Eurovision is so long, the running time is so long that, um, you know, just like part of the homework is to be remembered by the time people vote. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the Oscars. It's a four-hour show. Yeah. So, yeah. Because yeah. I was yeah. looking into it a bit and it said that Maybe it's like a maybe it's a weather or weird. They said that uh, Eurovision, the staging is like can be be four to six months. Oh yeah. That, so mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. If it's that long of a period, I would I would just feel bad because I definitely would not remember this song. Yeah, this the staging for it was just. I I think they were trying to create some kind of chemistry by having them facing each other and what have you, but it just didn't work. Yeah. I just didn't feel it. Uh, this is the point of doing this podcast because I'm now crushed because I was like, I really want to talk about this song with my <laughs> uh-huh. and Susie I, I really loved I it. I didn't mind the song, you know, because, I mean, it's Wayland, but oh. um, I mean, if <laughs> she, and, if and, she and, shut up, it would be great. It was. I know. <laughs> <laughs> No, I and mean, shockingly, no. <laughs> I just spent all my time down a Waylon hole, and I this, it did not even occur to me that the dude singing with this woman was Waylon. Yeah, I didn't that's yeah. how bad this is. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. It was like he was just totally reined in, and yeah. I didn't love the staging here. I think it was really dark. I did think this was going to get lost. Uh, Rise like a phoenix won this year, so it was definitely going to get lost. Yeah, because yeah. um, that had that was like a. James Bondy kind of a song with like a, a dress, an amazing dress, and like a yeah, it was pretty flawless. I mean, it's one of the most epic wins of Eurovision it history. 
It really yes. is. It's top it five. Is. It's got to be. So, and I want to say they came in second. Did they come in second? I think I feel like they did. I feel like they just lost out to Conchita on this, but... Um, they were pretty up there, I think. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, there's a real lack of color here. I actually liked them singing to each other because they, they like did not break eye contact. And I think a lot of Eurovision couples show up as couples um, and then they kind of half sing to the audience and half sing to each other. I don't know if you remember, there was that couple a few years ago, maybe three or four years ago that um, Graham Norton said they, you know, they, they started singing and there was just like a little voice of Graham Norton coming in that said they'll be broken up in two months or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> classic Graham. Yep. They were like super young. They were super young and it was like a young love thing. But, and they were kind of like holding hands and kind of not. But I think they were hampered because they didn't do one thing or the other. They couldn't play to the crowd. They couldn't make use of the stage. So, I mean, they, these these two people seem really into each other, like the audience was not there and did not exist, which I don't know if it's like a prudent thing to do at Eurovision, but it definitely, like, they sold me on it. Um, and it reminds me a little bit of the song We Were Vampires, but that's just like a much better song. If you haven't heard If We Were Vampires, go listen to it, because you will, you will... I'll add another thing to your playlist and it's just like oh, okay. buckets of tears, like just like the buckets of tears songs that you, you know. A get. Anytime anyone mentions vampires in relation to Eurovision, all I think is DJ Bobo. <laughs> <laughs> and going yeah, back to the, going back to the staging, I'm, I was going through the video again and maybe I'm just being weird, but it looks like there's like paper shed on the, on the ground and it's very distracting. I don't know. It's maybe the marbling. I uh, it's very for me it's a very forgettable song forgettable video i just uh it's not bad but i definitely wouldn't purposely listen to it again yeah. all right we will take this up later in the episode hey eurovision song context listeners we've split this episode into two carry on to the next one to listen to my conversation with Nigel and Susie.